Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Brian Hirsch is in studio. I'm already in a better mood. Brian Hirsch, do you have a Twitter account? No, I don't. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I'm still using drums and, <laughs> and smoke signals. <laughs> how, how, how do you keep updated with what's happening in the world? How do you know the latest gossip? If if you're not on Twitter, well, I only or know, social media, I only know the latest gossip from my wife uh-huh. or our maid at home. They keep me fully uh, um, up to date, and my staff always keep me up to date. Look, I'm on I'm on Facebook. I mean, I'm on WhatsApp. I'm on emails. Mm-hmm. I'm on uh, you name it, and I never know where people are even messaging me. Have, have you ever done a WhatsApp story? A WhatsApp story? Uh, no. Do you no. know what a WhatsApp story no, is? No. <laughs> Now, look, I know about finance. I know about investments. I don't know about Twitter. I don't know what Elon Musk plans to do with Twitter, how he plans to advertise his cars and what he plans to do. Uh, not, not a clue. And uh, it's just too much. There's just too much information and Brian, o- overload. Brian, I feel like you're missing out on the opportunity of being a financial influencer on Twitter. You know, I can totally see you in a suit with a black tie and answering all your finance questions, you know, and and your profile just like being amazing. And and how do you find time to work? <laughs> That's the problem is that when you're on Twitter half you know, the day, you, you don't have time to do the actual work you need to be doing. You know, I'm it's, happy with all. And then I get so much in, information every day. I yeah. read market reports from at least half past six to 20 past seven. You know, a lot of the market reports are similar, but from time to time, there are nuances where a different person's got a different feel. Then I look at corporate results. And uh, so I'm kept busy reading. Uh, Brian, I, I don't even question the fact that you're up to date with everything. In fact, you're probably more up to date than uh, a lot of people on, on Twitter. Certainly the information that uh, you share with us is is, is, is uh, much more valuable than what we might find on the Twitter streets. Today's the last day of the month. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a little secret. Mm. It's only for you. My wife won't let me read financial programs, p- 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 journals before I go to sleep at night. Why? Because she says it keeps my mind too active, so she gives me Hello Magazine. <laughs> Not Mills and Boone. Hello Magazine. So I, I, do, I do keep up to date with the stars. A, a, at least you know the latest of what's happening in, in Hollywood and, and the UK, And what's right? happening with the royal family, because three quarters of the magazine is oh, the royal God. family. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by how much people can write about the royal family. It's <laughs> endless. Every single week, there's a new story about the Queen and <laughs> who's taking over. Is she going to step down? And, of course, Meghan Markle. Um, yeah. Anyway, before we derail, Brian, uh, today we're dealing with some of the top questions that you've been asked in the month. I was uh, in the month, rather. I was fascinated by uh, question one. Uh, can I claim a portion of my husband's pension on divorce? Not because of just the question, but um, you and I had a conversation once about, you know, w- the care that people need to put, especially into agreements that they're signing, whether it's anti-nuptial agreements, uh, in community, out of community of property, when they're entering marriages, because those have such dire financial implications later on in life. Yes, not only financial uh, implications, but also ability for some parties to transact mm. if you're married in community of property. So 
in this country, unless you enter into an agreement prior to marriage, you are automatically married, what we call in community of property. If you enter into an app, it used to, previous to the 80s, it was an in-community or an anti-nuptial contract which divided the assets during your marriage between each other and did not become common property. Mm. Then we had community, then we had the accrual, and you could get married ANC with or without accrual, and without accrual is can be very cruel because it again divides the, the does not divide equally the assets between the spouses. But divorce is a very interesting situation, and uh, there's a lot of miscommunication about what happens on divorce. On divorce, you have the right, either working partner has the right to come to an arrangement where they will give 50% of their pension to their to the spouse. In other words, you and I are married, you're working, mm-hmm. I'm not You've got a pension. I could claim we could agree that you're going to give me 50% of your pension. Does that have to be in the agreement? Okay. Now, firstly, it has to be recorded in the agreement. And it's not just you can have 50. Mm. Then it also has to be recorded the name of the fund. It can't just refer to your pension. And a lot of people don't know this. And the reason I brought this up is I've had a lot of people call me in the last six months about this. It has to be recorded. And then it has to be um, or, or it has to be authorized and ensured that the insurance company is made aware of that divorce agreement. Now the only problem is when you get divorced, you're only going to get the, the value, the member's value of the fund at ultimately on retirement. In other words, if my fund is a million rand, but I still am going to work for 30 years, Mm. the divorce order will only refer to the share of that one million, the value of the fund, whatever it is at today's date. So in terms of the divorce order, it's got to be it's got to be registered correctly. It's got to be recorded, the name of the fund, and it's also got to be ordered that the institution will pay it. So, Brian, does that mean that, um, again, you and I are married, we get divorced, I then can't have the portion that is due to me of your pension fund on the day of our divorce? I can only access that money when the the fund has matured yes because that's the value of the fund it's mm. it's the the member's value of the fund at date of divorce which I, which i think is quite iniquitous because you know many years later the value could be that much greater and you you're losing out on that that extra amount during those years. Uh, I see. So so they only give you what the what what the fund is worth at the time of the divorce. Yes. Do you get that money immediately? Well, you can move it into mm-hmm. your own preservation fund mm-hmm. and then allow it to grow. But if you leave it in the fund with your member, then you will be penalized by that amount. What do people need to know about these agreements? So, um, again, the level of specificity is, is, is it's quite detailed. And, and oftentimes these are things that one will take for granted. That's yes. in, 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 in the agreement, in the marriage agreement, that they, it must say, you know, Alan Gray Fund or Old Mutual Fund or Alexander Forbes Fund. Is that the amount of detail that it needs yes, to go into? all the detail. Alexander Fund, you know, the, the name of the fund, the, uh, the, even the fund number, uh, if it's a retirement annuity. Attorneys and 
financial planners will advise. All I'm saying to you is when you're doing this, make sure that when you speak to the attorney who's actually where the, the, the final agreement has been drafted, that all these things are recorded and that the insurance company is ordered to pay. What have you found are some of the common experiences that result in people not being able to access um, this this pension at the time of divorce? Okay, they have to go back to the courts and have this agreement amended. Or if the other member is in, is in agreement to give them the 50%, but it's not ordered, that member will have to receive the money the member will pay tax at the member's tax rate and only then be able to distribute the 50%. So it, 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 there are financial losses and financial, financial penalties, and at the same time, there can be quite a, a, a laborious process to get that agreement amended. You can get the agreement amended, mm. but it is laborious. If the member says no? Well, th- that is the problem. I mean, if the member, you know, it hasn't been registered correctly and the member says no, Mm -hmm. and you now remember, you've now divorced, you've parted, you may have parted very acrimoniously, and so it is a problem. So all I'm advising people, I keep saying to people, if you're getting divorced, get the proper advice from the legal person, ask them to make sure that your share of that retirement fund or pension fund is recorded correctly. We're going to continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. The next issue we'll be focusing on is online share trading. As always, I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, it's 614 And on Twitter, at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Kathy Mosasana. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. We continue talking finance uh, with Brian today. Uh, It's a question I asked Brian while we were off air because he had brought it up earlier. Brian, accrual or not accrual? Well, it all depends. You know, one's got to look at the circumstances. You know, you can also exclude certain assets from accrual. So, again, I'm getting married the poor person I'm married has got large assets. We can exclude those assets from accrual. We can get married with accrual, which means everything that is developed during our marriage will be shared other than those assets. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, the reason accrual came in is because ANC was very unfair. The husband went out to work mm-hmm. or the, whoever today, it's both parties going out to work. But going back 30, 40 years, the wife brought up the children. The wife had jobs and changed jobs every time she had children. Her earning capacity was limited. And then the husband left her and she got very little. It was a big fight. So with accrual is very fair, but every single Everyone's circumstances have to be looked at at that particular time. I've heard marriages, I heard one recently where the marriage was called off because the parties were not prepared to get married with accrual. The, the husband wanted, the future husband wanted to be married. His family wanted him to be married without accrual. The wife, his, his fiancée-to-be's family mm-hmm. wanted with accrual and the wedding, and the wedding got uh, um, cancelled. Do you find that for, for, for those people married with accrual, that should they get to a point of, of, of divorce, they're then trying to calculate 
who contributed most in that period that they've been together. Well, sometimes you put that you put that case forward, but accrual is very clear. Split mm. 50-50, whatever we've built up. You come in with a number. Let's assume you both started as young without anything, and 20 years later, their assets, doesn't matter where those assets, accrual are shared. And often, you know, it, it sometimes becomes a real business. Uh, business when there's a business because yeah. to value the business what is the value of that business who's going to get the house what is the value the fact that you end up with assets may not be the may, be, may, may not be prize one you can end up with a home but you've got all the expenses of the home you've got security you've got rates and taxes you've got levies you've got all those other things that come so I, I, I spent 30 years in divorce mediation at Family Life Centre and my job is to lecture to the counselors, the religious leaders, the, the and all the different parties who mediated on divorce. Mm. Because it's one thing to divorce, mediate about the aspects of what's going to happen to the family and the children and the ongoing. The money is a completely different story. And if mm. you think about it, when you it's hard enough to manage one home. And when you're getting divorced, you've now got to manage two homes. And also, there are all the issues. You know, the main, I think the maintenance courts in this country are absolutely disgusting you know I always understood the clean break principle where you got a clean break at day one rather than the maintenance because maintenance is so difficult sometimes to enforce uh, I know they talk about maintenance courts but you've got to go to court to, you know often often it's the woman and again uh, not in any way being sexist, but my experience is the woman is the one who comes off worst. They're the ones that have got to then fight with the husbands. I was also a, a, um, the um, head of the school, and one of my functions at that school as the governor was unpaid school fees. And what do you think unpaid school fees were? They were big from divorce couples where the wife said, those are my husband's responsibility, and the husband said, those are my wife's responsibility. Mm. And there we were in the school board trying to collect school fees. So it's 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 a it's a real terrible situation, and 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 the majority of the learnings that I had was the what they call the clean break principle. Try and find a clean break. How, however, remember both parties, husbands and wives, are both responsible mm. for looking after the welfare of the children. But you know we, what was happening in the last number of years: people losing jobs and people meaning having the best intentions. So you know, for me, accrual is far better. But where there's a lot of money involved, but a lot can be excluded. But uh, there's always the fear that this is a, a gold digger, and uh, you know, you know, better to have it uh, without accrual. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. Let's quickly take Johannes in Guatemala uh, before we go to our second question. Johannes, good morning. Hi, Johannes. Hi, ma'am. Hi. Uh, yes. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Brian. Morning, I have a question for Brian, please. Good morning, Janice. Go away. Go ahead. I'm fine. I'm, uh, Brian, I have a problem. I have lost my uh, policy number with a, 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 a certain insurance company, and I'm in retirement. I have taken a retirement policy. And when I went there, uh, with my IT book, they check, they say I'm not in a system. What can I do in that regard? Because I have lost my uh, policy number. 
You, you know, Joseph, it, it, that sounds so weird because the policy number is irrelevant. It is your ID. Your ID is important. And I don't know, you know, I know my ID changed some years ago. Uh, I, had, I, I recently changed an account and they had an old ID and I didn't know that, it, you know, all those years ago. Has your ID changed in recent years? That is correct, Brian. And initially, I took uh, this policy with regard to the old uh, uh, reference book. Okay, J- tell me which company, which insurance company are you talking about? That is Metropolitan. Okay, right? I- I'll ask our studio to take you you back and give me give him give that, give my studio your number, and my office will see if we can trace it for you. Yeah, last I, I did uh, during the course of the week. Uh, 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 deliver the message with your machine at your office. I don't know whether you did receive it. Joan uh, is from uh, Springs, Guatemala. Okay, our problem was this last week. Unfortunately, one of my staff members ended up with COVID. We had the long weekend, and then I didn't let my staff come back till Wednesday. So they were only back for a day or two. I'll have a look at it. But still go back. Let our producer take you back sure. just in case I don't have your number, and I'll call you in the next few days. Okay, fine, right. All right, Daddy, join us all the best, eh? Bye, thanks, thanks, Katie. Have oh. a nice day, too. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll take more of your calls on 011-714-2006. Let's take Anne Musa with the latest 1030 News headlines. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, Brian, let's get to the second question. I want to set up an online share trading account. What is your view of me buying shares that I choose? Okay, so I get this question every week. How do I go? They ask me, how do I go about setting up an online trading account? And my question to them first is, what do you know about shares? Because it takes analysts years and years and years, and they don't even get it right often. How do you and how are you going to choose shares? Are you going to choose popular shares? Are you going to choose shares that individuals uh, recommend to you? And who who is that that's recommending those shares? Are you going to, for example, we've been talking Twitter this morning. Are you going to buy Twitter shares? and why are you going to buy Twitter shares? So let me explain to you what you need to do. You need to look at companies that have a competitive position in an industry. So we're determining whether the business operation is profitable. So the first mm-hmm. thing you need to look at is the company making profits and can it hold and be and can those profits be sustainable? We've got internationally in the next few days 30 of the top technology companies reporting. And they're going to be reporting revenue, and then they're going to report earnings. Now, revenue is income. And as you're aware, globally, inflation eats into income. So you will see that a lot of these companies may show very good results, but they're diluted earnings. That means their earnings have dropped. Why have those earnings dropped? That's a very important component. Then you need to understand the company you're buying is, what are their bar- what are the other competitors' barriers to entry? Mm-hmm. Um Their buying power, their suppliers, their rivalry amongst them and and existing competitors, threat of substitute, strength of company's balance sheet, how much money are they putting back? And I could go on, I could spend a whole program with that. All I'm saying to you is if you're going online and you're buying your own shares, be very careful that you know what you're doing. It takes years and years and you need to look. You can hear about a share today that sounds good and then you don't hear in two months' time commentators saying 
the, the bottom's fallen out of that chair, you're still holding that chair. The chances are, unless you're a very sophisticated trader, mm. you will lose money. And I'm saying to people, rather buy into the unit trust industry. You can buy into Satrix. You can buy all the different funds. You can be in financials. You can be in general um, commodities. You can be in resources. You can be offshore. There's so many choices. Leave it to the fund managers to pick the stocks. If you're going into a segregated portfolio, this is where you're asking a portfolio manager to try and find the diamonds within a particular fund. So if you're in a coronation fund, good fund it is, they've got 30 stocks. The portfolio managers who buy individual shares, they will try and pick the best of that 30 stocks and put it into a portfolio. But they do that with a lot of research. Be very mm-hmm. careful about going online. Um, yes, you can get it right occasionally and when markets are running. But if we look at what's happening at the moment with markets being down, people who are generally trading are going to lose money. And then, they'll, then they will be burnt for the rest of their lives about the market because they went in the wrong way. I'm not in favor of online trading. You, you know, uh, Brian, I, I, I downloaded the Easy Equities app towards the end of last year, right? And I thought they have the option of having a demo ca- account so we can practice and get the hang of things. And I thought, let me try and see if I can keep up with this investing situation, right? <laughs> Become a trader. I've, now that you're having the conversation, I've opened the app. It's the first time in probably two, three months that I've remembered it even exists. And I see that my shares are down 17.36% um, since since I started, since I opened this demo account. So there's no money that I've put in. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. Look, it's, I didn't know you could do that. It's a yes. fabulous way yeah. to learn. Yeah, it's, it, my shares but are down. Are you are you in technology? Unfortunately not. So what I did was that at the end of the year, I just picked some of the top performing South African companies. So um, I see there, like, got, I've got your AB InBev, your Distel, those are doing well. Naspers is down, unfortunately. Satrix is also down. I've got ShopRite, it's been doing well. Uh, Signa is down. So that's those are yeah. those are the companies I decided just to test the waters with because they've been doing well over the last couple of well, years. Well, AB and have done shockingly ever since the breweries deal then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not a stock I like at all. Although, let me have said that, all the fund managers and all the portfolio managers hold hold it. I hate that stock. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I, I, I love ShopRite. Naspers was the darling yeah. of the last four years. Yeah. It's been an absolute nightmare. And you know why it's a nightmare? Why? Do you know why you're in Naspers? Ten cents. Because you bought ten cents, and you know, and you know it's happened in China. <laughs> yes, so, I know. So the, the, it's so horrible. The shares halved in yeah. China, and not only because of, of of regulations, but the whole Chinese. So what I'm trying to say is, when you're buying shares, you may know what you're buying, and you may be buying the darlings of last year, which are not the darlings this year, because the darlings of this year have been the commodities. The strong prices, but if you look at the last three days, the Anglo's and the Anglo Platts and the uh, Kumbas and all that, they've all come off very bad. Very difficult. The point I'm making, so many people want to be online. They want to trade their own shares. Mm. All I'm saying is there's a good chance you will not make money. Lorraine, in case it ain't, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Lorraine. Yes. Hi, Kathy. How are you? All right. Good morning to you both. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure, Lorraine. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, just in case I want everybody to know my luck that I was on yesterday and today, there was no exchange of pronouns. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> but for the record, I want to know, Kathy, why are we not playing? Hey, well done, uh, Mr. Max. You know, you're an African man. You'd be locked 
to us. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> that we should be congratulating him. Yes, we should be. Maybe doing this more in South Africa now, create some jobs. <laughs> look, look, he had, he's had the opportunity to do that. He's had the opportunity to do that. Now, especially more than ever. But on a more serious note, I don't know which takes you to it. So I just like to know from you, um, your views on uh, buying insurance online. Uh, how risky is it? Or would you recommend it? And I'm not going to mention any companies. I always am concerned about that because... You know, when you do this type of thing, there's so much the fine point that we ordinary mortals don't understand and what the risk factor there. And number two, I'd just like to ask, what is a short course to do? And we'll never be as experienced as you are <laughs> to do in order to do the kind of work that you do. Thank you very much. Just wait, Lorraine. Lorraine, when you said buying online, are you talking about life insurance or short-term insurance? Life insurance, especially. Okay, all right. Look, it's firstly, I always believe in in buying from a branded company, a company that's well known. There's enough insurance companies in South Africa that are well known. There are a few new ones, Brightrock being one of the new ones that came from the from from a breakaway from Discovery. So there are enough companies that you could buy life insurance from. So you can compare premiums, but when you're comparing cover and premiums, you need to make sure you're comparing apples with apples particularly when it comes to definitions. But, you know, life insurance is straight if you die, but when you come to disability, there's lots of different definitions. There's what we call own occupation disability, which means you're insuring in the event of losing loss of income from your own. Then there's a definition own or similar, which means you may not be in your same profession, but you in a similar uh, occupation where you're fitted for your training, status, knowledge and ability, and status is obviously money. And then it could be any occupation. So you've got to understand if I'm buying disability, if I'm buying dreaded disease, you've got to understand the definitions. And every time the premium looks lower than a previous premium, understand why. So that's quite a difficult difficult thing to do. But there's nothing wrong buying if you've done your homework and you and you're buying straight life insurance and you've been made an offer and you can see the pattern of premium uh, increases because premiums increase and they're on different formats. Some companies have age rated. As you get older, you pay more premiums. Some companies have flat premium for 10 years and then they can escalate their premiums. You need to understand that. But the most important thing about buying online, you have to disclose Every bit of what they, what you, you may not call material, but what they call material. Uh, I mean, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I know of someone who recently switched their disability policy from. They were told at school that they had scoliosis at primary school. I don't know why they told insurance companies when they were in their 20s that they had scoliosis. Scoliosis is something to do with the back. The disability policy excluded scoliosis. They moved the insurance to another company, never told the company that they, had, they were loaded for, or declined for scoliosis in the event of scoliosis, had a claim, and the claim's been repudiated. So what I'm trying to say is whatever you think is not material don't believe that everything you know go through every question in the application but the whole question i mean i've got a situation where someone was declined where it said have you had any cancers or any growths and they didn't answer the full question so 
Online, yes, a lot of people are buying online. Read the questions and answer it correctly. All right. We're going Sorry to take about a, that, Kathy. No, we're going to take a quick break. I'm back with more calls for you, Brian, after this. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Making sense of your finance. We're still, we're still taking more of your questions for Brian. Let me go to Mabatu. Utluang, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Brian. Good morning to you. Um, right. Sometime in 2002, after resigning from my previous job, I preserved my, 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 my pension with momentum. And during the course of 2006, I checked with them and it was still on the system. Now, 2013, when I wanted it to be paid back to me, they said, no, they don't have it on the system. I battled with them for months. I even went to SSB, and they gave SSB the same story that my money does not appear on the system. They wanted additional information. I gave them everything I had, but nothing came to fruition. So please help me, Brian. With pleasure. With pleasure. Very close to momentum. Um, I'll ask my producer just to take your call back, take your phone number, and then you'll give me the details. All right. All right, Utlang, all the best, hey? Let me go to the Free State. Tsolo, good morning. Um, good morning, Jesse. Good Zolo. morning. How, I, how are you? I hope <laughs> you guys are having a good day. Yes. Oh, all right. Thank you so much. I just wanted to ask Brian the following. Good morning, uh, good morning Brian. Sorry about that. Um, I just wanted to ask him if um, uh, the money that would ordinarily be held in a preservation fund, uh, is my ex-husband for instance, entitled to the interest that would have accrued post a, a desolemnization of the marriage and a number and, and is the liquidator in this instance supposed to be uh, considering the interest that is accrued from the preservation fund as part of the uh, accrual system. I, I mean, not accrual system, accrual uh, that is supposed to be calculated. And secondly, in an instance where um, we would have entered into a settlement agreement and the, the issue relating to the pension fund um, at a later stage, uh, while the liquidator is busy liquidating uh, uh, the entire estate, is the uh, uh, and 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 my ex-husband says to me, um, he wants to keep the house and he will not uh, take um, portion of uh, from my pension. Would he? Uh, are we then expected to also go back to court? Uh, to to change uh, that particular settlement agreement. Um, thank you so much. I'm just I'll, a little I'll, bit. I'll, no, I'll I'm just a little bit confused. Is your okay. is, is the divorce finalised? And are you doing another settlement now? Um, yes, the divorce has been uh, finalised, and then the, he now wants to negotiate um, on the division uh, or the calculation of the accrual with the liquidator. And he says that he wants to keep the house, and he will not take my pension. And in terms of the court order, uh, the order has been made against my uh, uh, pension fund to say that he, he should get 50% of, of my contribution or, or the interest, uh, I think it's the interest, yes, the interest of my pension. So he wants to settle post the divorce and post the settlement agreement. Sure, you know, that's a question I've never been asked. 
So, so, so your settlement agreement deals with the pension fund, of which he's entitled to 50. Now, he wants to set off. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for you this morning. It's the first time I've been asked that question post-divorce. What I will do is I will get the answer for you, and next Tuesday I will re please listen, and I will give the answer. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. As, 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 a, as, a, as a matter of fact, would you leave your phone number, and I'll give my number now, out now, where you can leave messages. It's 011-880-4888. Yeah, I'd like to call you and just make sure that I've got the full details so that I can speak to our legal department and our retirement experts just to see exactly what happens in this instance because this looks like to be a separate agreement obviously to the divorce agreement and I'm not sure how that impacts on the divorce agreement and the pension and what the tax implications are. So you'll leave, give me your number and uh, what is your name? Tulu. Tulu. Okay, Tulu. Zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. And to all people who have got questions for me, please, you have to let me know which part of the country you're phoning from, because when I call back and I can't get through hold of you, I will pass your message on to someone in your area who will then be in contact with you. All right. Okay. And the and the interest with regard to the preservation fund, because the money was a, a it was a put in the preservation fund before we got married. Now there's interest that has been accrued. Uh, can the liquidator tap into the interest that has been accrued post uh, mm. the marriage uh, as part of the accrual system, uh, the accrual yeah. calculation? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of that same question. And the reason I'm, oh, I'm vague okay. is because there are tax implications that are involved. Uh, once all, uh, the growth and the interest, even though there's no tax paid in the preservation fund, at some stage when you receive the funds, there are tax-free benefits from the preservation fund, and the, then there are tax implications. So need to give that answer in a full. So I'll give that next Tuesday. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you so thanks. much. Enjoy Pleasure. your day. Okay. All right. Tolu, thanks. Thanks for calling in. Tolu out in the free state. Yeah, it just goes to show the complexity uh, that some of these yeah. matters can require. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell. Brian, thank you so much for coming into studio as always. Well, thank you for undoing my handcuffs. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Get out of here. <laughs> enjoy your day tomorrow. Are you on air tomorrow? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll be well. working. But enjoy the public holiday. Thank you I'm off much. on Monday next week. I'll take the next public holiday. See you Tuesday. All right, Brian.